Good morning. This is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is the fourth in the Finding Freedom in Christ series and is entitled, The Table Has Four Legs. A strong and stable table needs to have at least four legs. Remove one leg and the table will fall over spilling its contents on the floor. Shorten one of the legs and the table will lean. Experiencing spiritual freedom depends on four essentials being in place in the believer's life. Remove one and the process gets short-circuited and will produce less than desirable results. The four legs, so to speak, are the following. First, Understanding, believing, and obeying God's truth found in the Bible. Secondly, relying on the power of God's Spirit in our lives. Fourth, third, having a genuine fear of the Lord. And fourthly, developing a heartfelt love for God. First, believing and obeying God's truth found in the Bible. Jesus told his disciples in John 8, 31 and 32, If you continue to follow my teaching, you are really my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's the New English translation. To continue in Christ's teachings means that we study, meditate upon, and obey. When we do this, freedom is an automatic byproduct. Freedom, according to the Bible, is not doing what we please, but doing God's will. Doing what we please, if if it is out of line with God's will, will lead to bondage. Sin always produces slavery, but obedience to God through the power of the Spirit always yields liberty. Unless a person commits himself or herself to learning, meditating upon and obeying God's word, he or she will never experience true and lasting freedom. Prayer and ministry from others may temporarily liberate us, but remaining free depends to a great extent upon our own willingness to pursue God with all of our hearts. If we do not commit to reading the scriptures on a regular basis, I think I can say that we are not serious disciples. If we do not read the Bible devotionally, that is, asking the Spirit to show us what He wants us to get from our reading, we are missing out on something wonderful. If we do not ask God's help to put this truth into practice, we're only playing at being Christ's follower. We cannot be free while persisting in behavior that produces bondage and without embracing what God says will make us free. The second leg, living by the power of God's Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom God's Spirit is in complete unity with God's Word, just as Jesus is one with the Holy Spirit. 
the word of God was inspired by the spirit of God for the written word to have any transforming impact upon our person's life, the Holy Spirit must breathe upon it to make it, quote, come alive, end of quote, via faith, causing it to become the living word for us. The Holy Spirit causes information, the written word, to become revelation, the living word, that produces life and transformation, the obeyed word. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit causes information to become revelation that produces life and transformation. A person must know, trust, and rely upon the inner working of God's Spirit to experience true freedom. The Spirit lives His life through us as we trust in His indwelling power. This is a huge secret of the Christian life. Third, the fear of the Lord. For a person to experience freedom in Christ, he or she must have a deep and abiding fear of God. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is like a life-giving fountain to turn people from deadly sin and snares. Proverbs 14.27 We can have understanding of God's word and the reality of the Spirit in our lives, but unless we fear God, there may be little heartfelt motivation to turn away from evil. Repentance means to change our mind. When this happens, we acknowledge that God is right and we are wrong. True repentance produces an emotional component of heartfelt sorrow and alarm, which motivates us to change. 2 Corinthians 7, 11. While we acknowledge that our Heavenly Father's love for us is unchanging, we also realize that this same love is what provokes Him to discipline us as needed when we sin. Every small child who is truly loved by his or her natural father nevertheless sincerely fears that father's discipline, if his father is doing his duty. Should so, should we fear God? We should fear God, not only because he will discipline us, but also because of the law of sowing and reaping. Sin has consequences, and all of them are bad. Without the fear of the Lord, sinners go on sinning. The fear of the Lord is our motivation to depart from evil. Without it, we will never be truly free. It is important for us to realize that the fear of the Lord is a work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. We cannot gin it up on our own, but we can ask God to develop it in our lives. Wise people cherish the fear of the Lord Foolish people do not really care. The fourth leg, a heartfelt love for God. This is perhaps the most important leg. Fear is a good motivation to avoid evil and its consequences, but fear will not suffice as a proper motivation to serve God. Fear-based service is akin to slavery and sometimes develops 
grudging obedience. But God has made us beloved sons and daughters. His spirit resides in us. We are one with him. And consequently, the spirit of God's son motivates us to serve God out of a heartfelt love for him. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, And all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, leading again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God and also fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. We are to serve God as a son serves his father out of love, respect, and vision for the future. The son knows that one day he will inherit from his father, so everything he does to build with his father will one day result in his own enrichment. So it is in God's kingdom. God allows us to serve out of love and gratitude, out of our respect for him, and because he has made us co-heirs with Christ. Love is the only pure motivation to serve God. Freedom always has a purpose. One reason the United States is in such trouble today is because we have separated freedom from its purpose and have used it to pursue selfish and sinful ends. The reason God brought us into his kingdom is so that we can serve him, bring glory to his name, be used as ambassadors of the gospel of freedom, and rule and reign with them forever in the new creation. Unless we understand and embrace this heavenly purpose for our lives, we will be deficient in our motivation to serve God with a resulting lack of freedom. And of course, all of this should make us want to love him more and more. If we desire to experience all the freedom that Jesus died to give us, we should carefully consider the four legs of this table. If one of them is missing or not very strong, ask God to do whatever is necessary to give us strength in that area. Our future depends on it. And be sure that God is more interested in helping us than we are in getting his help. He is waiting for us to ask and to move toward him, expecting him to help us. I close with Philippians 1.6, For I am sure of this very thing, that the one who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus.